Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 134 in Edmonton, 334 in Buffalo. Bob Stoffer with the Edmonton Oilers in Buffalo tonight. The Oilers and the Sabres. That is a 5 o'clock Mountain Standard Time, Edmonton time, puck drop, Cam Moon, myself, Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins with the call of the game. Our next guest appeared in over 500 NHL games. Uh, most of his career spent with Buffalo, but also stints with Philadelphia, the Islanders, and the Rangers. I do recall uh, during the 08-09 season, a year in which he had a very good year with Philadelphia, Alish Hemsky scoring one of the best goals that uh, Hemsky scored in his career. He walked him and... Uh, Martin Buron went for the uh, proverbial Johnny Bauer poke check and Hemsky deeked around him. We welcome back to the show a guy that was a very good goalie, does an excellent work as an analyst on the Sabres broadcast and does some work with TSN as well, Martin Buron. Martin, it's Bob Stoffer. How are you doing? Bob, I'm doing great. I hope you're doing awesome. And I do remember that Alice Hemsky's goal. Uh, you know what? When you poke check, it's 50-50. Either you look great or either you don't. So it just happened. I flipped the coin on the, on the wrong side that night. and uh, But it still wasn't as good as the Stomach Hurdle goal. So uh, you got to give me credit for that one. There you go. Well, yeah, no, and it's it's funny. I, I'm sure you're aware of this. Alice Hemsky for the Oilers fan base. Uh, was a lot more popular player than he was for some of the media. Like, you know, he was a guy that there was a real appreciation for. Craig McTavish, who's a former Oilers GM and head coach, mentioned when Alish announced his retirement that, you know, he was the most skilled player I coached uh, during his time at Edmonton, and he was a, he was a gifted guy. Uh, we'll get to the Sabres in a second. The reality of the situation is the Oilers have two guys that are off the charts. I know you have a league view on things. Uh, I, I know there should be some excitement. The crowds are down a bit here in Buffalo. But just your thoughts on what we're seeing out of Connor McDavid, Marty, as well as uh, Leon Dreisaitl to start the season. Okay, well, I think uh, those two are the best two players in the world. I, I Listen, I, I always put Nathan McKinnon second. I put McDavid first and McKinnon second because I do love the way Nathan McKinnon plays with such space and speed and creativity. But there's no denying that right now the best two players in the world are McDavid and Dreisaitl, and they can do it together. They can do it separate. Uh, they, they really have taken over, and that is why the Oilers, have been able to come back in so many games. Now, I, I don't know if there's an issue in how they start games at times. Uh, you know, even against the Boston Bruins, you know, they, they let Boston take a one nothing lead. Oh, they come back and score right away. It's almost like they, they know how to turn the switch on and off whenever the Oilers want to, uh, which is a very dangerous way to play hockey because when the switch all of a sudden you try to turn it on and it doesn't work, um, you're in trouble. But but there's there's no denying uh, if I was a goaltender and you know I I, I talk about like Dustin Tokarski playing against the Oilers tonight for the Buffalo Sabers um, not a very uh, envious position let's just put it that way so I'd much rather sit in the crowd be on the in the uh, on the broadcast boot uh, than being in the crease when uh, when facing those two. 
you uh, look. You're you're a hockey lifer. You played against Crosby and Ovechkin. Uh, you know, you played your entire career in the Eastern Conference, and those guys were spectacular players. Have we ever seen as much of an advanced player, that fast, that skilled? Uh, you know, some might say maybe Pavel Burry was a bit like that, but. I'd like to get your thoughts on on what we're watching on a nightly basis with McDavid. When you see the highlights and you watch, uh, you know, games prepping for Sabres broadcast. Yeah, Pavel Bury had the speed to do exactly what uh, McDavid is doing, but I don't think he had the the finesse. I don't think he had that that um, I don't want to call it grit because I, I don't think of Connor McDavid and say, oh, wow, he's got grit, but but he will go to traffic, right? I mean, how many times do you close your eyes when Connor McDavid drives wide on the defenseman and is, you know there's going to be a collision at the net and he doesn't stop? I think I think Pavel Bury was stopping and maybe taking another route at that moment, so I think McDavid has a little bit more grit in that way. Um, you're right. Like, I played against Ovechkin and McDavid pretty much my my whole I don't want to say whole career because I came in before those guys um Ovechkin to me I kind of knew what he was going to do take the big one-timer try to score on the rush um so as a goalie I was I was ready I'm not saying he's a one-dimensional player because he's the best you know scorer in this generation of players but but I kind of knew what to expect he would either beat me or or I would get in the way and I'd make the save Crosby was like McDavid smart where I didn't know if Crosby was going to do a deflection a wraparound a backhand a forehand a quick snapshot a slap shot there were so many tools in Crosby's arsenal that I I was I listen you look at my numbers against Sidney Crosby they were atrocious uh, and I think Connor McDavid's like that where if you're a goalie you can't just expect one thing you have to expect many things and that's why goalies uh, look foolish at times uh, because maybe you expect you know McDavid to, to come in close and, and go to the backhand and all of a sudden it's a quick snapshot five hole and the puck's in the back of the net so there, there's so many different layers in McDavid's game that just gives nightmares to goalies. All right, well, let's switch focus. Uh, we're joined by Martin Buran, longtime Sabres analyst, of course, a former Buffalo goalie as well. Give me your assessment. Uh, how has the response been on the return that Kevin Adams got for Jack Eichel? Um, it's, it's been good in general. Now, there's always some fans that are going to say, oh, they needed more, and Jack Eichel's a premier player. But, okay, Jack Eichel's injured right now. And there's no knowing and no telling what that's going to look like after the surgery and, and when and if uh, Jack Eichel will return, if he's 100% or not. So there's so many question marks. And, and some fans, obviously, with social media now, you know, they, they latch on to one thing. Uh, and Kevin Weeks had a tweet that said uh, the Calgary Flames were, you know, in on the Jack Eichel and Matthew Kachuk and, and many, many, many more pieces were involved. So I'll go to the grocery store and then I'll run into a fan that says, oh, I wish they would have made the deal with Calgary. Okay, well, sorry, but you're misinformed. Like, I don't, I really don't believe that Matthew Kachuk was involved and that that deal was on the table. So when it comes down to what I believe were the deals available to Kevin Adams, 
this to me was the best one. Was the best one because you got a player that I believe is a a really strong, big power forward in the National Hockey League, and Alex Tuck, and you got uh, Peyton Krabs, who I believe will be fitting in perfectly with the core of young players that the Sabres have with the Dylan Cousins and Jack Quinn and J.J. Paterka, and you can include Rasmus Dahlin in there and, and, and all of that, so I think it fits in perfectly. And they also got a first-round pick in um, a uh, second round pick in the deal so it all works well I think for what the Sabres are trying to do so mostly they're all fans are happy with the trade you know they knew Jack Eichel wasn't going to play here ever again so they were okay with that they're okay with the return but there's always a few that wanted more and that's that's normal that's what you're, you'd expect in, uh, when you're trading a player like that yeah, yeah, well, you know, Martin, I'm looking at it, and the Sabres are going to have a ton of cap space. they got three number one picks. they got Buffalo, Vegas's, and Florida's as part of the Reinhardt deal. Yep. Uh, you know, just down the middle, I mean, Krebs can play the wing or center, but Cousins' middle stat we'll wait and see on. I'm not quite sure what his ceiling is. Uh, Krebs, I think, is going to be a top six player. And then they, they've got Isaac Rosen. they got him in the first round. You mentioned Quinn and Paterka, and Tuck's probably going to be the future captain. Oh, by the way, you got Dahling. And you got power coming, the number one overall pick last year. Yeah. So you're going to have a couple left-shot studs in the back end, you know that. I guess the one yeah, question I, mark is, is there a home run hitter, right? Is there a home run hitter up front to match the caliber of those two number one overall picks on D? Um, well, I mean, if you if, – if it would have been one of those seasons where when the Sabres got the number one overall pick yeah. that – the consensus number one overall pick would have been a forward. I would say that guy will be a home run up front. It didn't happen. It was Dallin and Power, which is great. And I don't think they were going to draft anybody else but those two in those uh, instances. Um, I do think that Jack Quinn and J.J. Paterka uh, could be – I don't want to call them studs because studs are Matthews and McDavid and, you know, like Eichel was a stud, but you ended up having to move them, and I get that. Uh, but I think you can really build a strong group of forwards uh, with high-end talent that maybe are not your superstar stud, but could develop into really close to that. So um, Jack Quinn uh, and J.J. Paterka, to me, may be those two guys. And, and obviously, like you said, you don't know what's going to happen in the draft this year and where Buffalo is going to finish. They have three first-round pick, potentially three first-round pick. Um, they could be picking really high. They could be a stud coming in uh, in this year's draft for the Sabres up front. So they're not going to make the playoffs this year. They're not going to make the playoffs next year. And and in two years from now, it, it could be uh, you know a little bit of a pipe dream. But you're looking at three years down the road and all these young players growing into their their NHL player that they will be, um, I think it's going to be pretty exciting. Yeah, to me, Buffalo's forwards are like the forward group in Ottawa. Like they got a lot of good young forwards that are all coming, and their their guys are just a year or two advanced along the way. 
Uh, Want to ask you a bit about goaltending with the Sabres? But again, Bob, like I, I, I'm sorry, but I, I wanted to just make that too. Is that developing those players is the most important thing? And we all yes. know what happened in, in Edmonton for these for so many years. The Oilers, right? First overall pick, top sure. pick, and and it was the Hall and Everly and Nugent Hopkins and Yakupov and whatever. How did I, that didn't still work, right? Because I don't think they were developed and surrounded with the right pieces. That's what Buffalo has to do: is develop and surround. And if they can do that, then they'll be good. Yeah, no, no. I, I mean, Edmonton got lucky. They got lucky twice. They got lucky in 2014 when the Sabres passed on dry settle. They drafted all those Europeans before. They're the five Europeans in the three first rounds, uh, the year, three years before. And, and then obviously got lucky getting McDavid. Uh, switching focus, goaltending. Are the Sabres a different team when they don't have Craig Anderson in between the pipes? Craig Anderson is a good veteran, and he doesn't have to like play like Vasilevsky or Mark Andre Fleury. He just has to make the saves. The Sabers are playing well, uh, structured-wise, and they don't give up a, a ton of chances. Although the last six games, it's changed a little bit. They've given up more on-man rushes and more uh, rush chances than they had in the previous six. Uh, but Craig Anderson's a really good veteran and is a good calming presence. Dustin Tokarski has done pretty well uh, but there's always that one goal or that one moment where you're thinking ah like uh, you know Anderson would have made that save or you know an established NHL goalie would have made that save I still think Tukarski is is you know done really good under the circumstances uh, but uh, they're they're not the same team without Craig Anderson and I think it, it comes more with the leadership and the calming factor that he can be all right, and one final one for you, Rasmus Asplund. He's uh, gotten off to a good start here. Tell us about this player. Okay, so Rasmus Asplund, uh, you know, he's he's obviously was a draft pick of the Sabres. He developed in Europe, came over to play in Rochester. He's really, really good friends with Victor Olofsson. Those two guys are best friends. And they were playing on the same line, and it gave Asplund a ton of confidence. Uh, playing with Tage Thompson, they put those three young guys together, and it really clicked. Now, Victor Olofsson is hurt now, and he's not going to play tonight. Uh, neither will he play tomorrow against Toronto. So it has changed the dynamic of that line a little bit. They put Jeff Skinner on that line. But what you're going to see with Aspen, number one, he's got great speed. Uh, number two, he's very, very defensively responsible, which helps uh, when you have that type of player on a line. And three, he's great in front of the net. Uh, he's, he's got such a good knack for the net front presence and deflections and all of that. So he's, he does a great job in that way. Awesome stuff, Martin. We appreciate the time. Have a great uh, broadcast, and please uh, say hello to Brian Duff for us, okay? Well, absolutely, Bob. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's Marty Buran, uh, longtime television analyst, Buffalo Sabres broadcast, does some uh, work for the likes of TSN as well. It is 149 in Edmonton, the best pizza in the city, still making a great royal pizza, multiple locations in the city of Edmonton to serve you 14 plots. Edmonton and owned and operated for over 50 years. You can go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Stop for recommendation, Mediterranean chicken. And Sabres analyst Martin Buran was today's Oilers Now headliner. 
there for Willhawk beef jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Willhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. We'll wrap up the show with this day in Oilers history when we return. Welcome back, everybody. 152 at Edmonton. Let's head off to this day in Oilers history for New West Travel. Join Oilers now in Seattle to see the Oilers play the Kraken and the Seahawks host the 49ers. Call New West Travel or visit newwesttravel.com. Back in the 630 Chad Studios in Edmonton. Here's Cody Jansen. Let's go to 1988. Esa Tikkanen scored two shorties. 12 seconds apart. The Oilers win 6-2 over the Toronto Maple Leafs. Tikkanen finished the contest with a hat-trick and one assist. Speaking of New West Travel, we're going to tell you we're going to have another announcement coming up on uh, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, a unique trip offer coming up later in the season as things have opened up, the borders open up. They're actually hoping to get Canadians coming down for tonight's game, uh, Canadian fans to see the Oilers play in Buffalo against the Sabres. Stuart Skinner will get his third career start. He played very well against Detroit the other night. Uh, had a tough third goal against. Could he use some more offense? The Oilers were more abundant offensively through the first 35 minutes of that game. Connor McDavid, second in the NHL scoring. Uh, but on a 12-game point streak to start the season, Edmonton's 10-2, and two, by the way. Leon Dreisettel, uh leads the league with 12 goals and 26 points. It will be... Dustin Tokarski for the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, chance we'll see uh, Chris Russell, possibly Tyler Benson in tonight's lineup as well. Do expect the top two lines. But David with Hyman and Pugliarvi, dry settle with RNH and Yamamoto to remain together. And the top two pairings, Nurse and Bouchard. Those guys were good last night, as were Keith and CeCe. Here's the schedule for the week. I'll be back on the air with Reed Wilkins on the face-off show today at 3.30-ish Edmonton time. 5 o'clock puck drop today. 5 o'clock puck drop. Edmonton Oilers and the St. Louis Blues on Sunday. 3.30 face-off show. We'll also mention the Edmonton Elks. Uh, you can help me out here, Cody. Are they playing tonight or tomorrow? They are tomorrow at Saskatchewan. Okay, there you go. And so uh, Morley and uh, Dave Campbell will have that broadcast for you. We've got the... Uh Team Canada, for many of you, you're going to make your way to go cheer on Alfonso Davies. Hopefully they get a positive result tonight. Uh, but again, we will join you uh, at 3.30 in about 90 minutes' time. Heading off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by Angela Coquat today from 2 to 3, and then the 6.30 Chet Afternoons with Ted Henley. And uh, I'll be back on uh, the face-off show with Reed coming up in about 90 minutes' time. So long, everybody, from Buffalo for now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.